Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. Guys, meet us sick. I'm I don't like it's not like I feel sick. It's, it's just the voice. It's the voice. Yeah. It's the it's been rainy some days, sunny some days. The weather the has weather, been so wild it's here. Been rude. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I'm just like congested. Yeah, I get that. I'm mm-hmm. feeling a little like sinusy. Yeah. So I get it. And I think it's just weather. I don't think it's anything else. I think it's just a funky weather. And you know how it affects your like mood too? Yeah. Yeah. It just makes you like sad. sad. Like you should be resting all day, but you yeah. don't because you're not really sick. Yeah. You're just kind of like, mm. yeah. So how are you doing? it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here yeah. with my sore throat. It's not even sore. It doesn't hurt. No, it's just like, I know what you mean. You feel it's malaise. You yeah. just feel like sickly. I've just exerted my voice as yeah. much as I can. Yeah. Exactly. And this is kind of the end. Yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. So the Met Gala happened, and yes. it was—it's like always Met Gala. It's like the fashion event of the year. Yeah, it's, and it's like it's exciting. There's you will never find an event with so many celebrities. Mm-hmm. And like India had a couple of shows, which was nice. Yes. Alia Bhatt looked lovely. She did. She looked really like honestly one of the best dressed. Mm-hmm. Simple, beautiful, elegant. Not like trying anything. No, but, I but get like for still her, for, you can see the work that was put into yeah, that. The yeah. dress was beautiful. Yes, it was beautiful and. I will say that, like, especially as a Met Gala debut, she didn't. She didn't need to try too much. Too much. Yeah. And like, Brianka Chopra was interesting. I didn't love it, but like, I give it. I like, have, I'm there for it. I have a question. Yeah. For Brianka Chopra stylist, Brianka Chopra, she she ha- is broad shoulder. Yeah. And you keep giving her things strapless, where there's yeah. so much. It's it's strapless, but then there's so much volume around her yeah. shoulders too. Which just makes her look even more broad. Yeah. Like she, I'm sure in real life, she's probably really petite. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. But like, why is your, why is she, why? But just also why? because <laughs> Nick Jonas is petite too. Yeah. It and he's help. smaller than her. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't help like scale wise. It doesn't. Yeah. No. Like so, the year she had that. Um, the, the trench jacket. Trench coat jacket yeah. dress. That was fine because, yeah. like, it was fitted in her shoulders. Yeah. But in this look, like, there was so much volume around her yeah. sleeves. And then um, at the um, the cultural center. Oh, the Nithambani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where she was wearing that strapless, strapless thing, thing. But it was, like, very busy. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, like, well, it was a lot of skin. Like, yeah. she should have had a higher neckline, I feel yeah. like. Also, she was adjusting it. Like, they did not fit that to her. Yeah. Like, why, who, who's failing her right now? She needs a better stylist. I think her style is just failing her, yeah. to be quite honest. I don't think... It's not the designers of the dress. That's the stylist. It's the stylist. I will say Brianka looked the hottest in the Desi Girl video with, like, a, that simple, like, bra-style blouse and the sari. She looked mint. Like, she looks... I, and From I think 2006? it's... 2006? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> old. It's not yeah. new. But she... That's when she looked... It, it just, like, everything kind of worked on her. She's had some good looks with the Citadel press tour. Yes, She's been looking she has, really nicely. Yeah. yeah. Um, really nicely. Really nice yeah. lately. But, so I was, like, looking forward to Met yeah. because I was like, oh, maybe, like, she'll pull out something. Yeah. But no. And, like, disappointed by the entire look. Yeah. Like, I was just kind of like, this is kind of 
And it was Valentino, and it just wasn't... She needs to work with Anne Hathaway's stylist. Yeah. Who is fucking... Killing it. Killing it. it. Killing yeah. it. And that's, I think, also Anne, though. Yeah. Like, Anne is... She, Anne is, like, the kind of person that you can work with. Work with. Yeah, and I feel like Branca she takes Chopra risks. Picky. Like, and Branca Chopra is picky. The other thing I don't think you realize is that just because you're a celebrity and you work with a stylist does not mean you have good fashion sense. No. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> Margot Robbie. <laughs> no, Margot Robbie's pretty, like, solid. Margot, Margot Robbie. I think Mar. So yes, much yes, I agree with that. That Margot she is Robbie not reaching her potential. No, Anne Hathaway has reached fashion potential. Yeah, I think she's one of the only people you can say is like she's living life as Andy now. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly the way Andy would have wanted. Yes. Yeah, good for her. Maybe not the way Andy would have wanted, but maybe the way Miranda would have wanted Andy. Andy to, to live. Yes, yeah. exactly. But all this is not what I wanted to talk. Oh, about. Oh, sorry. I know, but I'm here for it. It's all great. Yeah, I think. <laughs> This is an interesting small talk because yeah. it's going to dovetail very nicely into our movie this week because the Met Gala's mm. theme yes. was Carl Lagerfeld. <laughs> uh-huh. So let's just talk about Carl for people who don't know. Yes. Carl was the creative head for Chanel. Creative director of Chanel and creative director of Chloe before that. Before that. Yes. And has said some extremely controversial things. Yes. Including... Fat shaming? Yes. Homophobic? Yes. Racist? Yes. Anti-Islamic? Yes. Bo- like body shaming? He is probably a he's, Nazi. Yeah, he's probably a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> he has made comments. Ab- he gave, there was, um, he was against the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, I've never, like, I've literally haven't heard a single human being yeah. aside from Karl Lagerfeld to be against the Me Too movement. Yeah. He has sent gifts and flowers to men who were accused, accused of sexually yep. assaulting women. women. So he has, overall... An extremely problematic human being. Yes. Who designed and led some of the largest fashion houses and shaped modern fashion. Yes. So, I was watching an interview yesterday before the gal, but I think it was like from two days ago or whatever, mm-hmm. with Anna Wintour, and it was Gail King. So it was like the Today Show or whatever. Okay. And Gail brought this all up. CBS this morning, but yeah. CBS this morning, there you go. <laughs> so she brought this all up, and Anna was obviously very articulate, and she said, look... There are biographies and things written about Carl that will go into what he has done, but you can't deny what he's created and what he's done for fashion. There is art that is there. There is art there. Yes. Thoughts. I agree. There is art there. Do we need an entire evening, an exhibit, an evening dedicated to this person who is clearly... A bigot. I don't necessarily yeah. believe maybe he should have been the theme. Yeah. And maybe you could have looked at just Chanel or just Chloe or something like that. But I think there are other designers you could have chosen from that haven't exhibited that poor behavior so, like Karl Lagerfeld. I think there's a it's a larger conversation. And I think, yes, the average person is assuming that like you picked a theme yeah. and that was it. But there's a museum exhibit. Mm-hmm. There's like an entire like, it's not just planning your party at your house and you're like you know what the theme should be is Karl Lagerfeld it's not that right like there is this is a this is years it takes a year to plan this entire event yeah so there is a certain amount of puzzling that goes on with it Mm -hmm. but to your point should we be celebrating Karl Lagerfeld at all yeah I I think he should be celebrated for his designs like I'm not gonna lie about that like he has created some of the most memorable, iconic looks like, in fashion history. Chanel, as we know it, is Chanel because of Carl Lagerfeld. Yeah. Even Chloe. Like, yeah. you but Chloe not... doesn't have a distinction. 
Like, do you know what I mean? Like a distinct style. Like yeah. there's kind of an ethos to Chloe, mm-hmm. but Chanel, Chanel is like is a... Like, yes, you have Coco Chanel, yes. but Carl really brought that into yeah. the future. Like, I don't think the house of Chanel would be what it is without him. No, which is, and Chanel is arguably the largest of the luxury brands. Mm-hmm. It is the top. Chanel in itself is controversial because Coco, Coco Chanel, Chanel herself yeah. was also probably a Nazi. Nazi. And so, yes, I, I think... There is definitely art there, yeah. and that art should be appreciated. But the exhibit is named, like, after him. It's Carl yeah. Lagerfeld, A Line of Fashion. Yeah. And, like, that, I think, is a little irresponsible on Vogue's Vogue part? and the, the Met's part. Yeah. Like, that, you really should have reconsidered that. But should we? I think so. I think, especially, I mean... Generation, whatever they yeah. are right now, yes. aside, <laughs> I think as adults of a certain age, like you should really think about that purposely as well. Like regardless of cancel culture, I'm not saying cancel Karl Lagerfeld, but I'm saying, do we really need to host like the biggest fashion event of the year? Things In that his honor. millions yeah. of people are watching all over the world. Mm-hmm. It is very hyped up, and there's going to be somebody there who maybe not know who Karl Lagerfeld is. So. To your point, Mm -hmm. sure, there were 150 to 200 celebrities from across the world who showed up to this event. Many of them people of color, many of them gay, many of them different body shapes, like the things that he essentially was bigoted against. Mm -hmm. What does that say? Because I, I, and this is like a real question because I was kind of like, look, you talk about Ali Abhart, you talk about all the gay men who, all the fashion designers who are most likely gay. Most of them are outwardly gay. You have people like Ashley Graham, who's a plus size model. You have like so many. Lizzo was there. Lizzo was there. Like all the black people who were there. Mm -hmm. What does that say? Where where is Lizzo's responsibility? Where's Ali Abhart's? Where is Ashley Graham's? Where is like, what is the like? The other part of this though is that Karl Lagerfeld is dead. Yes. So he can't say anything. No. But if he was alive, I'm sure he would have shit to say about, about the people that were there and the people that were representing him, him at that night. Yeah. And so, like, I think it's great that Vogue is looking beyond that and, like, not staying true to Karl Lagerfeld, yeah. obviously. And I don't, in all fairness, they can't. <laughs> they can't do they're not, that. They're not yeah. in a position to do that. To but, be like, oh, let's just have white, skinny people. But I think... It's really easy for us to just say like, oh, well, you know, he's not with us anymore. Yeah, exactly. We can still do this. What I do think is interesting is that there's like, there was kind of like a clear divide to me of the people who were really like paying an ode to Carl and then the ones who were maybe were paying an ode to like the actual fashion. Like Chanel, yeah. Chanel, yeah. And it was more well, Chanel no. than it was Carl, I felt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... Jared Leto was paying a nod to Carl, Carl. which yeah. I... So was Doja Cat. I, yeah, which I, I did love what they did. I loved... Yeah. I loved both of those, yeah. Cats. As cats, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's what the Met Gala should be. And But that's my question, is that just, just because they're celebrating Carl, should these people have boycotted it? Or is it or is the Met Gala bigger than that? No, I don't think... like. And then what still, does that say about the Academy it's Awards? It's still a fashion event. Like, yeah. it's... And, okay, you decided what your theme is going mm-hmm. to be. 
I might not necessarily agree with the theme, but I think because it is about creativity and showing these like yeah. works of art, you can work around that and still be able to show up and represent. Yeah. And it is a charity. It is. As well. They like raised that, $14 million. Yeah, that goes towards yeah. something good. So I don't think it should be canceled. No. I just think that I wish that there had been a little bit more consideration into what the theme was yeah. going to be, especially when it is such a controversial person. Like, I wonder what that conversation was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. And I wonder what politics. But I don't know honest politics, but yeah. Anna's not an idiot. She's no. she's, she's a lot a of very things. Smart woman. She's a very shrewd woman. She knows exactly what she's doing, mm-hmm. and she must have known the controversy. And I'm super interested to know what the theme will be next year. Me too. Because I feel like they will have to do something inclusive. And I will also say that this is the first time, like, in a long while that I felt like everybody showed up to dressed as the theme. So many. But it was easy. That was it the was thing. It was easy. It but was I, a lot easier to be like, give me a dress that looks like, like, Anne Hathaway's Versace dress yeah. was very Chanel. It was Versace meets Chanel. Yes, exactly. So but, yeah. but that's the whole point yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. it was, but it's a lot easier to do. Yeah. Even, like, Alia Putt's dress by... Parabagurum. Is was very very like Chanel bride. Yes, that was the whole aesthetic of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But speaking of problematic men, (laughs) yeah. Mita, what did we watch this This week? This week in the theme, we watched the 1976 classic Annie Hall. Yes. So I just want to clarify before I give an IMDb disco, Annie Hall, and specifically Woody Allen are Mita's favorites. What? She loves Woody. Okay, can I just um, clear up what you just said? <laughs> Please don't speak for me. Maybe. Um, Annie Hall is a movie that I've enjoyed in the past. Woody Allen is not one of my favorite people in existence. That's what Mita's saying, but she really has a soft spot for Woody I, I, I do enjoy his movies. Anyways, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get there. Just go Let me give the disco. So this is the description. The disco, how dare I call it a description. Yeah. For Annie Hall. Mm -hmm. Alvy Singer, a divorced Jewish comedian, reflects on his relationship with ex-lover Annie Hall, an aspiring light tips singer, which ended abruptly just like his previous marriages. I hate this description because it's so serious. Yeah, not like... And has no tone capture. How would you rewrite that? Uh, like Alvin Singer. Well, a neurotic divorcee or a neurotic comedian, yeah. you know, explores re- love and ex- relationships yeah. in New York <laughs> with a nightclub singer, like something like that. Yeah. Like, I but bet not... this makes it sound like some drama. Yeah. It's such a weird Which thing to it's, say. It's not a drama. It's not a drama. Okay, Mita. Okay. Should we just start with it? I would like to start first with your stance on Woody Allen, which you have said mm-hmm. before, but I think it's super relevant right now. Yeah. So please go. <laughs> so prior to watching Annie Hall for this podcast, I had watched um, the HBO documentary Ronan. Wait, Pharaoh yeah. versus yeah. Allen. Pharaoh yeah. <laughs> versus Allen, yeah. um, which looks into the case that was brought up against Woody Allen mm-hmm. in the nineties of his uh, alleged molesting of his daughter Dylan Pharaoh. And whether or not he actually did it and sort of what that case looked like. And it, yes, it was a very biased documentary because it was produced by the Pharaoh family. family. But it's a really interesting documentary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of valid points in there. And I think they, they also really go into detail what his current relationship with Sunil Lee started as. 
Yeah, because for our readers who don't know, his current readers, w- readers. <laughs> listeners. listeners don't know, Sun Yi, his current wife, yes. is his adopted daughter. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. And th- he alleges that their relationship did not start until she was 18 years mm-hmm. old. But the documentary looks at it was like quite possible it was before that. Yeah. And I was watching that documentary and their whole point was like, we really need to stop celebrating his work. And a lot of this came to light in 2017 when Blue Jasmine came out. Yeah. Um, and Kate Blanchett was nominated and he was nominated for Best Director, right? I think it was writing. He always right. gets okay. nominated for writing. Yes. Um, but a lot of this was coming to light around that time of being like, this person should not be celebrated because they are so clearly a child molester and a predator. And I watched that documentary and I was really moved with what I saw. And so I said to myself, I will stop watching Woody Allen films because I, in the past, have always actually really enjoyed them. Scoop is like actually one of my favorite movies that Mm -hmm. I've seen. Um, I I know it gets lackluster reviews, but it's a fun time. And I love Hannah and her sisters. And there's a lot of Woody Allen that I've experienced in my life that I really appreciate. And it's hard to kind of like come watch that and see like see their point of view with doing everything. But like actually hearing Dylan Farrow from her own voice speak about what she remembers happening. It's really hard to remove that from your mindset. And so I made a vow that I wouldn't watch anymore. But then we decided that we were going to watch every Academy Award winning film from the history of its inception to present day. And that includes watching Annie Hall. So I broke the rule for the podcast and I'm not mad at myself. I just want to point out yeah. while you were talking, I just counted. Woody Allen has been nominated for 24 Academy Awards and has won four. That's a lot. That's a lot. What's four divided by 24? Six. What's... 24 divided by four is six. What's his per- six percentage of wins then? <laughs> what am I trying to figure out? Yeah. <laughs> 17%. Okay. Which is very high. But that's also, like, 17% isn't as much as, like, 100% for that one person who's been nominated for, like, one Oscar yeah. and one, right? Like, I don't think that gives, but to say that he's been nominated 24 times and has won four, that's huge. It's a lot. That's a lot. He's nominated pretty much every time he makes a movie. Mm-hmm. So we watched Annie Hall, which mm-hmm. we had seen before. Yes. Yes, I have seen before as yes. well. Annie Hall is effing hilarious. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. You didn't laugh while we were watching it. And I was like, no. oh, does Nadim not find this I don't, funny? No, <laughs> I think Annie Hall, I don't think it's like laugh out loud. I just think it's I did. insanely <laughs> clever. It's just, it's, it's so clever. It's smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, it's what, so Annie Hall also is a romantic comedy. It's a rom-com, yeah. Yeah. And it, a rom, we haven't had... Any wrong? You haven't had anything like this. And not even it happened one night, which is arguably a rom com, mm -hmm. is tonally like this. But yeah, it happened one night is a rom com for that like time Time period. Yeah. Whereas this is really universal. Yeah. Like Like, this is you could watch this now and and it's still funny. And I think you could have watched this. So this is at the fifty year point of the Academy Awards. This is a fiftieth winner. You could have watched it fifty years before and it would still be funny. Yeah. So it really is like universally just yeah. hilarious. And that is an extremely hard thing to do. Yeah. 
having humor that can last timeless, a lifeline, yeah. like that can be timeless, is really rare. And Woody Allen is one of those people that can can do that. And it has, I will say that, like, I don't think it, as a film, I don't think it is consistently as funny, I'll say. Like, I don't think it, by the end, I don't think it's as funny as it is in the beginning, mm-hmm. personally. I still think it's hilarious. But there's sequences, like, that whole sequence in the classroom where he's just like, sometimes I wonder what this... What this kid wound up like. Just, I like leather. <laughs> I was addicted to heroin and now I'm addicted to methadone. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. So funny yeah. It's so so fun and so clever and so like you feel like you're watching a smart film mm-hmm. that is still entertaining and is still uh it's approachable approachable because it's so relatable it's so relatable yeah. and like alvi's an annoying character mm-hmm. but still somehow the film is funny yeah. like it just managed and the, there's so many gimmicks that don't feel gimmicky in right? the film. Like yeah. even the animation that's pulled in there. Yeah. Or when you have like the side-by-side shot of like her family dinner versus yes, exactly. family dinner. Like there's a lot of experimentation that goes yeah. in with like the actual script of this. Yes. And none of it at any point are you like disjointed by it. You're no. just like this is this makes sense. And you feel like you're in the mindset yeah. of Alvi or of Woody Allen. Yeah. Let's face it. He plays He's, himself, plays, he plays in, every himself in every movie. Yeah. And he... I've always found him to be such an annoying person. He's really annoying in this. But he is, but everything that he is in, like, works in that way. Like, yeah. in the past. I think more recently, like, in the last two decades, yeah. his movies when he's the oh, It's not the same. Are yeah. not great. Um, and the, especially now, the movies that are good by Woody Allen are yeah. the ones that he's not he's in. He's not in. Yeah. Like, Midnight in Paris, Match Point. Um, Jasmine. Exactly. Yeah. Like, those are really yeah. well done. But... For somebody who, and I think he's self-aware of how yes. annoying and neurotic he is, he manages to take his neurosities and like the the poor points of his own personality and make it work within a script where you don't even mind him <laughs> being no, there. Yeah. You don't, like, he drives the plot forward yeah. by being this neurotic character, yeah. but he's able to write around that so yeah. easily. He's a genius. Yeah, it, it is like I can't I'm like I don't want to mince words and I don't want to oversell it either but I was watching this and I was just like this man was ahead of his time this is it's such a clever film it's so smart it's so simplistic in its design and so smart but not just because it's gimmicky or because it's clever the jokes are funny yeah it's actually like it's still comedic mm-hmm. and it's it's like you just said it's timeless it is 50 years later and it's still laugh out loud funny yeah like those jokes are still they still they still bang, man. Like they're still They hit their mark. They hit their mark every time. And it's it's so refreshing to watch as a film. Like yeah. even now, like it's a movie I'd seen, but not in so many years. And when I watched it, I was just like, I forgot how good this is. Especially we don't get romantic comedy no. like this anymore. No. But I was watching it thinking like this would work today yeah. if it was presented today. Yeah. But who would make this today? Aside from Woody Allen. Yeah. And who but, would and make it as... we wouldn't let him. We wouldn't let him. And yeah. who would make it as well as this? Who has that kind of a yeah. voice that's so distinguished as well? Like, you know you're watching a Woody Allen movie. Yeah. And so, like, I'm trying to say, like, we don't have any is auteurs like that now. No, because... That bring humor to what they're trying to say. Yeah. Because even in his more recent work, even in things like, even something like Matchpoint, which is not funny at all, mm-hmm. is so anti-Woody 
but still has such a distinct voice about it. Yes. And that, like you're saying, it doesn't feel like Woody Allen. Like if you, you'd have to tell someone it's a Woody Allen film, I think. If, aside, if you took out the credits... Even and you like took out like Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Vicky, I always is, yes. have to remind myself that's Woody that's Allen. That's Woody Allen. It doesn't yeah. feel like Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. And I think as he and that's that's the mark of a filmmaker who is evolving with himself with time. Mm-hmm. Like the awareness. Vicky Cristina Barcelona, he made this in the 70s and is still making things that are relevant to people coming out like in this day and age. That's like that's something, it's pretty, man. It's you, pretty spectacular. It's pretty amazing. You can't you can't take that away from him. Yeah. That being said. But. <laughs> but. Let's, I'll, I know it's all alleged. That's the, that's the first thing. Yeah. It is all alleged and it's, he's never been charged or accused mm-hmm. or, you know, and yes. He's been accused. He's been accused. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's, that's, a, he's that's never a, been prosecuted. Prosecuted. Yes. Well, he was prosecuted, but he actually was acquitted on something, wasn't it? They were like starting... I can't remember exactly. In the beginning. They were investigating it. And it fell because they thought when she was psychologically analyzed, it was found that she was coached. But he also paid off the people. Like, he was involved with, like, who was doing the 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 analysis. analysis. And, like, he got, apparently he got, like, doctors from Harvard to, like, agree to his side of things. Right. Like, right. So, like, but it's also tit for tat. It's tit for tat in that way. Because you're dealing with a divorce as well like you're it's there's a lot it's very messy yeah i think when you just like narrow it down though when you have like a little kid saying something happened yeah absolutely that's you have to you have to take that seriously and then also you have someone who then decides to become romantically involved with someone they raised as a daughter like that has to be taken seriously too and there, there is a line in this movie, and there are yes, a the, lot the, of hints, yes, yes, a lot of hints to his preference over younger looking. Yeah, girls. well, there's yeah. a lot of sex in this film. Yeah, which he's not a sexy guy. Oh, he's the <laughs> opposite of attractive sense. and sexy. Yeah, and like even with Diane Keaton, mm-hmm. who like I know where this is going to be the Woody Allen podcast, but like. Let's just give Diane Keaton a moment. Can I just say I wore my most like Diane Keaton dress today and you didn't say anything? She's very, Diane, this is the Diane Keaton of Diane Keaton and she really does embody Annie Hall. She, well, no, sorry. Um, Annie, Annie Hall, Hall embodies Diane Ken Keaton. Keaton. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty much just selling herself. Yeah. That's what it is. But and like, it's lovely. It's lovely. Yeah. And like, she deserves that Academy Award and she deserves to be known as Annie Hall and all of that. Yeah. Back to Woody Allen. Okay. <laughs> There's yes, there are hints, there are lines, there's a lot of sex talk about you can tell that he's a very sexual person. Yeah. There and it almost seems like something is pent up with him yes, within him. Within him, because yeah. he, it's a lot about his inability to have his sexual to be sexually satisfied. Yeah. Comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. So also I just want to say that but here's the thing. Okay. Woody Allen is very self-aware. Yes. I Kathy Kathy. Griffin, Griffin, yes. (laughs) Kathy Griffin has a book called, like, Celebrity Run-Ins. And she has, you've heard her first chapter on Woody Allen. Yes. Right? And she talks about it. And he says that she was at a party once where he came in with Sunyi. And he said, I'm Woody Allen. This is my child bride. (laughs) It's funny, but it's, like, not. But that's the thing. But it's funny. (laughs) It's it's not not funny, Mitha. That's the thing. It's only appropriate because she is an adult now. She's an adult now, yes. (laughs) But he's, like. 
I, I don't know. It's, he's a really tricky person, I find, to have this opinion about. Because I agree with you. A child is saying something happened. You believe it. And the child has grown up. And, like, yes, there's things about, like, you know, especially people who have suffered abuse. Sometimes the effect of, you know, whatever their life could be can be not fabricating it, but believing, you know. Yeah, it's like hard to it's, pinpoint what actually did happen, Yes, exactly. Right? And Because a child is an unreliable source, yes. unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Not to say that I'm, I'm, I think that's acceptable, that he should be absolved. I'm just saying that, like, this is a tricky situation because mm-hmm. he has not been found guilty of anything. Yeah. And it's all, it is all, all accusations and yeah. truth telling. And what does that say in all of that? That said, Woody Allen is so talented. There He's is so a lot talented. of value to his work. His work, his movies, do they? This Annie Hall is the is the precipice of a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. He created this genre that we know today that has been bastardized and ruined. But Woody Allen is the one who did that. Well, what I will say is, after watching this, and if that I. I don't want to seem like an unprincipled person, but it has had me reconsidering, like, do I really not watch anything after? Because on my, like, list of things that I want to watch this year is Mighty Aphrodite. Yeah. Which is a Woody Allen which movie. Woody and Allen. I was like, oh, wait, I can't watch that. Yeah. But part of me is just like, but I really enjoyed, like, watching Annie Hall. And I, like, yeah. I laughed. And I haven't yeah. laughed in a really long time yeah. like that. And it's like fun to have that and Mighty Aphrodite is meant to be a comedy as well and like I I've never seen it and I want to yeah. and so I'm toying with the idea of like do I break my own rule again Match Except Point is me. one of my favorite movies hmm? Match Point is one of my favorite movies yes. I think it's a genius film and there's nothing like it no. there's no there's no like I don't have to watch this and I can fill the void with something else Match Point is so 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 clever and so well made. It's such a genius thriller. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like it. And that's the thing with Woody Allen. The only thing you can compare a Woody Allen movie to is, is another Woody Allen. Allen movie. There's no one else like him. There's no one else. And that's, this isn't to say all his stuff is good. He's made a lot of duds. Yeah. Like Manhattan Murder Mystery is not that great. <laughs> no, or like Cafe Society or like whatever. Like, but like Cafe Society is so. <laughs> Funny to me though, it's because it's so clearly like he's realized he can't star yes. in things anymore. Yeah. So he's taking the Jesse Eisenberg character and trying, trying to, to put himself yeah. on screen. It doesn't work if somebody yeah. else is trying, trying to, to be Woody, Woody Allen. Allen. Yeah. yeah. And like Blue Jasmine, that is a Except performance. Except for maybe Midnight in Paris, because that's Owen Wilson is trying to be Woody Allen. Yes, it works. But it works with Owen Wilson, yeah. yeah. But again, Blue Jasmine, that like modern streetcar named desire mentality and freaking Kate Blanchett in like the performance of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's just it's hard not to be swept away in some of his work. Which makes me think, would it just be easier if he was a bad filmmaker? Like would we be less Do would we try we, to justify would we care it? As would much? we care as much? Because on the other hand, you also look at someone like Roman Plansky, mm-hmm. who is beloved because he has directed some of the greatest movies of all time in our history. Yeah. And we care about these things because of that. I think, I'm sure, there are other directors who are lackluster yes. and mediocre who uh, yes. have also predicated on younger people, like Brian Singer. Yeah, like like Brian Singer. Great example. talk about Brian Singer the same way they talk about because Woody Allen. Because he's not Woody Allen or Roman Plansky. But he is an asshole yeah. who, pre- who is a predator. A known asshole, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like there isn't that much thought that goes into it either. Oh, so interesting. <laughs> But also, like, it's not just filmmakers, right? There's It's artists, it's business people. Like, 
There are predators throughout the world. Yeah. People who have preyed on mm-hmm. young people, on women, on men. Like it, it's a worldwide phenomenon. What you do with that is your choice. And I do think it's, I don't know if I say this and I've had this, I've had this conversation with many people considering my favorite movies made by Roman Polanski. Yeah. But, and I don't know if I have it because I'm trying to justify it, right? Like, I've had, do you continue? If Roman Polanski came out with something new, would I watch it? I would, because... Uh, yeah. His always feels different to me, though, because that young person has come forward and said that they did consent to Yeah. It. They just happened to be 14 young. years yes. old. Yes, she was young. And so, like, yes, it's muddy water because she's 14. What does she really know? But she also did consent to it. Yeah. So it, I don't know. Feels, it's slightly, feels slightly, slightly different. different. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, if a new Woody Allen movie came out, would I watch it? Would you watch it? Only if it was good. But you won't know until you see it. But like, and this is the thing: if it were to come out, if it were to come out in an Oscar season and it was getting raves, yeah, but I did see Blue Jasmine. I think we're at a point though. Even if he create, if he made something spectacular and it came out it's just so his his legacy has been so destroyed so tainted, that like yeah. nobody would see it nobody would know it nobody would be able to uh, i beg to differ i think people might write about it yeah but i don't think i don't know if it could make it to to the oscars i don't know if it could if he could drive it home like i think people would know and be like oh yeah like it's actually really great but i don't know if he could go through a whole campaign a whole of uh, award season like, you don't think if he did Annie Hall 2.0? I don't think it would. Like, think you don't it, think it like, would work. Blue Jasmine was like choppy waters. People were coming for him, which I get. But people were coming for him for that. I get. Did he win no, best? He no, didn't. he didn't. It was just Kate Blanchett who won. And okay. I think she was the reason the movie persisted. Because yeah, she's, she's so, so undeniable. Amazing. But that's the other thing. All these women who are in these movies... Yeah. It's largely women. He writes predominantly for women. He doesn't write men as well as he writes women. Mm-hmm. They're always called out. Scarlett Johansson, Emma, Emma Stone, Penelope, Penelope Cruz. Cruz, like all of these women. He does white, right, white. He does write women really. Mira Sorvino also won an Oscar. Yeah. Like there's, it just it's it's common. He does have a movie coming out, Coupe de Chance, which seems French. <clears throat> And it stars, he only lives in Europe now. <laughs> it stars people I've never heard of. This might actually be like French French. Two young people's bond leads to marital infidelity and ultimately crime. This sounds like match point though. What's yeah. match point in French? Match point? <laughs> point, point match or something? Yeah. Anyways. He, but he doesn't have much. He's also super old now. So yeah. like I don't think he's... How old is he? You could look that up too. I want to say like 80 something. 1935. Whoa! What yeah. 86? 78, 88? Yeah, he's he's on the verge. I said 35, right? Yeah. 88. 88. Yeah, he, this man's not making much more. He will die eventually. He will die <laughs> yeah. soon. and then But then what becomes of his legacy? legacy. Karl Lagerfeld? Uh, um, I feel like Karl's quotes really came because to Because he said them. <laughs> af- after, after, after his death. death, yeah. Or like I close, it was... Quite close to him dying, okay, but they that, started but, to come yeah. out. Yeah. I don't think people were like paying close attention before no. that. No. But I don't think there's much think of a legacy left. For Woody Allen? Yeah. But Annie Hall is the legacy. 
I I mean, like, yes, we can appreciate the movies yeah. that have come, but I don't think like there will be that there will be like a standing ovation at the Academy Awards after he passes in the in memoriam. Mm-hmm. I think it might be a little blip that they would do. Like, I don't think they would make a big deal out of that. It's interesting because you mentioned Karl Lagerfeld. We talked about Karl Lagerfeld and we talked about how you just mentioned that a lot of his stuff came out towards the end of his life and Mm -hmm. especially post his his passing. Do you think it's because... I, I think people like to say, for instance, that they were protecting him, they were protecting him. Or is it the awareness that this man is a genius, he has advanced fashion and he is saying these problematic things... I think there was a time where we didn't speak up. Mm-hmm. And I think things were brushed under the table for sure. Yeah. But is that also because people didn't know how to deal with it? Here's a man who is incredibly talented and who is doing like who important, is creating work, important art. Important art. Who is culturally important. Important. Do we how do we stop this? Like what do you do with it? Yeah. Especially I, because in I'm not saying I agree with it. Karl Lagerfeld is a dick and said shitty things. Yeah. But he didn't do anything. No. Do you know what I mean? Like he didn't, he didn't shoot somebody. He didn't rape people their, the yeah. way Harvey Weinstein did. He just did. had a bigoted point of view. Yes. Yeah. But it's but even if it was like in my mundane day in my yeah. life, right? If I had a a colleague who also had a bigoted point of view, I would not want to see them succeed. No, exactly. And so I, I think that's people. why it's so shocking for people is like we have this person who is at the top of their yeah. game, but they are a terrible person. So, for instance, my wife was one time shopping and mm-hmm. there was a pair of Karl Lagerfeld something shoes or a bag or something. And I was just like, oh, you shouldn't buy Karl Lagerfeld because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. But if she were to buy a Chanel purse that was designed during his time, I wouldn't stop her. There's more monetary value to it as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying, I'm <laughs> like, not like, she that, be making bank that, that aside, the fact if we could afford the Chanel purse, we'd be having a different conversation. But you know what I mean? Yeah. In the same way that like, yeah, I watched Annie Hall and the question of if Woody Allen comes out with a movie, would I watch it? I think I would watch it. I think I would watch it. I'm being honest yeah. here. Like if, if I, I, Just I, to see too, like, can someone in this point of their career who also has, like, gone through... Like, there is a lot of trauma with it. Like, he he rightfully has been celebrated for all of these years because yes. he is very good at what he does. Yeah. And to now, if he even says one word to be attacked the way he is, like, it's an interesting... He must be going through something really interesting. And I wonder what that would actually look like in his writing, like how that would reflect, how the last decade has been for him, how that would reflect in his work now. So Jasmine came out 10 years ago in 2013. Yeah. He was still 78 when he made that film. That's right. Like, like, think about Steven Spielberg too. Yeah. Yeah. West Side Story, he was 75, Like 75, yeah. Yeah. That's saying something man like there's like something within them that isn't in everybody it isn't in everybody and because like he's had films been nominated since the 70s since the 70s that's a huge that's a that's 50 le- years like, of, i cannot think of another director who's had that kind of long-lasting important career has he had a film nominated in every decade Yes. Yeah. Yes. So he's just Easily. just like we were celebrating Steven Spielberg yeah. this past year. Woody is in the same boat. Woody's in the same boat, and he has made films that are 
And this, more than Steven Spielberg, because Matchpoint and Annie Hall have nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Neither does Blue Jasmine or Matchpoint. You know what I mean? And I haven't even seen the the canon of Woody Allen, especially like post Annie Hall. Yeah. Like I haven't seen like and Hannah and her sisters or like crimes and misdemeanors and things like that. But like I know his work is like it's long spanning. I don't know. It's a he's a it's a really tricky one. It's I feel sad for him. That he's ruined his own legacy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel pity for him. Yeah. Because he, it's his own fault. But as a filmmaker and a writer, there's so much to learn there, man. It, there's so much to learn. Mm-hmm. He's so good, Mita. Yeah. He's so good. You, there's no there's no comparable to Annie it's, Hall. It, there's Annie Hall. The like, feeling I, that the you get. The feeling that you get that out. And you know when you watch something and the jokes are... Think it's popping off screen and you're like... I'm watching something so fresh and that has never been done since. Mm -hmm. Nothing has replicated or felt like this since this. And actually enjoyable. It's so enjoyable. And so like quick. Yeah. It's set, it's an hour and a half. And I remember, I I got towards the end of the movie and I was just like, oh, I could do more of this. I could, I want to see see more. (laughs) I'd like to see more actually. And that's the mark of a great film. Mm -hmm. Woody Allen is Woody Allen. Oh, Woody. Why'd you gotta do what you yeah. gotta do, Woody? Why'd you gotta do? Why you gotta be a bad person? <laughs> it's it's such a... And I think more than... Like you're saying, I think more than Roman Polanski, because Roman Polanski's was... Oh, it was one incident. She did consent. It's really... If she was 16, we wouldn't be having this conversation kind of thing. But she was two years younger, kind of. And, like, even in his own explanation, he didn't realize that she was that young. Like, yeah. there's there's certain things about... He's not even saying he didn't there's do it. There's some nuances. There's it. some nuances that make it kind of... Not acceptable, but well, a little like bit more... You can understand. Pa- you, can, you can pass. Let me say that again. You can understand. You can understand. You can give it a pass, even if it's a questionable pass. And I know I say that maybe as a person who really likes Roman Polanski, but... Woody Allen is not the same. No, because it's, very it's his own different. child. It's his own child making that it's accusation. Under, like it's nine a child. Years, yeah, yeah it's, a child. it's a child, not a teenager. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. He was definitely involved with Sunni before she was 18. I mean, that doesn't happen, man. There's no, that, do, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, like, you don't marry your adoptive child and say, oh, at 18, I decided I want to f- sleep with, with you. Yeah. I'm suddenly in love with you. Yeah. And the Farrell versus uh, Allen documentary goes yeah. into the fact that Sunni was very isolated from everybody else in yeah. the family. And like he started to, what's the word I'm looking for? Groom her. Groom her yeah. from like when she was a teen. Yeah. Because it, she did not belong with everybody. She was a little bit more isolated. She yeah. liked different things. And he and found he that. he found yeah. that in her. Yeah. There's a joke in this where one of his friends, like he has to bail him out of jail and he's like, oh, I was I was with two I was with twins, sixteen yeah. year olds, and I I was it was the one moment where I was like, oh, Woody. There was a line that hold on, I have to pull it up. What was it? What what when does he say it's like a notch underneath child molester? I don't know when he said that actually. <laughs> you have it written down yeah. as one of the quotes, but I don't. I, I heard it, and yeah, when I, I heard, heard it, it sitting yeah. here. I was like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. That's the thing. But despite those things, Mita, it still slaps. Do you have sequel prequel ideas? I want to know what happens with Annie. Yeah. Yeah. Like we Does see... she have her musical career? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't. I think she's too shy. I think Annie ends up being <laughs> Diane Keaton. <laughs> like think... She gets into acting. Yeah. She appears in like a Nora Ephron movie. Every yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. She decides to do her own thing. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to go into my rating. Okay. And then we have to mention whether this deserved Best Picture or not, especially okay. because we didn't talk about oh, yeah. <laughs> the fact that I'm going to name the other nominees. Okay. You have The Goodbye Girl, which I've never heard of. Julia, which I have heard of. Okay. The Turning Point. Okay. And a small film mm. called Star Wars. Oh. Mm. Independent? Independent film. Very nice. About the Star Wars. The Wars and the Stars? The Wars and the Stars. This is an interesting list. Yeah. And I can see why, because a few years later then, the first Indiana Jones also gets nominated. Yeah. So there's, I think there's an awareness from the Academy of Greatness. Yeah. Which is nice to see. But I'm going into my rating as okay. I say this. This is a controversial thing to say. I don't think Star Wars did for sci-fi what Annie Hall did for the rom-com. And I think that's... A, I know that's a strong statement. Mm-hmm. Because Star Wars is mother effing Star Wars. But I think what Woody Allen does with Woody Allen is... is It's remarkable. And I know Star Wars is Star Wars. And at the time, especially in the 70s, it was huge and the special effects and like all of that but i don't know i find it kind of gratifying that that level of creativity was rewarded in that day because now the tables would not any hall would never win any hall would never be winning best picture it would go to something like star wars and that's kind of sad so there was a time where the audience the academy whoever it was really appreciated something like that any hall was so hard not to like because everyone liked it and that's why it won you are we are starting to get into that homogenization of best picture where people are picking the crowd pleasers and this was clearly the crowd pleaser but still with star wars in many ways Mm -hmm. it's a crowd pleaser but clearly this was this pleased the bigger crowd yeah that's what it is and i think even you know coming off of something like rocky winning best picture this still feels like warranted Mm -hmm. it has stood the test of time in a way that star wars can't because star wars legacy is also kind of sullied with all the offshoots and the remakes and the prequels and the sequels and the world and blah 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 it's just so much whereas annie hall is a small hour and a half standalone film there's such grace in it as a mm-hmm. film it doesn't need more than it is and i think that's saying something and i think if you remove woody allen from the picture we wouldn't be talking about annie hall other than in like glowing terms the legacy of it, what it's known for, like Diane Keaton, even Woody Allen's performance in it, like all of it, there's nothing bad to say about this film. There's literally nothing bad you can say about it. Because even people who don't necessarily like the rom-com, you watch Annie Hall and you're like, oh, that's actually what this genre is supposed to be like. It's not supposed to be like Catherine Heigl garbage that it's become. Craftsman Heigl? Catherine Heigl. Catherine, yeah. you said craftsman. Did I say craftsman? Well, it's craftsman Heigl. That's what it is because it's such garbage. All that craftsman. All that craftsman. It's just garbage films. And like she, she's bastardized it. And like this is not. It's, this not, is, it's not her alone. No, not her alone. Fair <laughs> enough. Not, don't blame Catherine Don't blame Catherine Heigl. Heigl. There's writers. There's writers and, and directors and producers and yes. all of that. But Catherine <laughs> Heigl has ruined it with her 27 dresses. I just think it's really sad that that's what it's turned into when this is what it was. Yeah. And, you know, I think people who talk about rom-coms often come back to Annie Hall because they're like, this is what it's meant to be. And it has been so hard to replicate mm-hmm. and so hard to do. And we see so little of it. And that's why Nora Ephron and who's the other one? There's so few dra- like writers and directors who do this well. That get Diane. That get, yeah. that get, <laughs> that really get the Diane Keaton of it all. Yeah. But I think Annie Hall is great, man. 
I think it deserves best picture. I think it deserves to I think it you need to watch it. I think this is this is a movie to watch before the end of the world. If you haven't seen Annie Hall, you should do yourself a favor and watch Annie Hall because yeah. it's it's so it's just so good and it's hard to I'm not I'm not going to sit here and tell you jokes or tell it what it is cuz just let it unfold with its cleverness mm-hmm. and it's one of those movies where that you're watching and you're surprised at how smart it is. You're surprised that that joke he has about like I grew up under the roller coaster in Staten Island. You're like that's really funny. Is this really what it like And then they literally And then they show, show the roller coaster. It's, it's, it's so yeah. it's, it's some of the <laughs> stuff is just so clever yeah. and so the breaking of the third, fourth wall when they're waiting in line for the movie and he's just like I have Marshall what's his face and he comes out and he's like you don't know what it's just so good Bita. it's so good Woody Allen is problematic I get it but you should still watch Annie Hall it's four stars from me there you go yeah okay your turn have you seen Star Wars I not in a long time okay I did watch Star yeah. Wars episode four a New Hope <laughs> in, yes. oh, after watching Annie Hall. And I want to counter your point because watching it, I'm not a Star Wars fan mm-hmm. and I had never seen A New Hope. I've seen like a volume one, two, and three because that's what was really big when I was a kid. Yeah. But I've never seen four, five, six, and then seven, eight, nine, or any of the other offshoots. Mm-hmm. But watching A New Hope, there is something really special about it. Okay. There's something spectacular, especially for that time period of the 70s, like watching the effects that they did. Like, yes, it's kind of funny to see some yeah. of them now, but to think about it, it's like, whoa, yeah. this is history in the making. Yeah, yeah. And I think it really is for a distinct group of people, mm-hmm. but it's something so spectacular for them. Mm-hmm. And it's really lovely to see something that's so original, too. Mm-hmm. Because it is an original story. Like yes, this yes. Is the, and this is the first Star Wars. Yeah. So it's not like in 1976, they did have 5, 6, and 1, 2, 3, and 7, yeah. 8, 9, yeah. and like Rogue One, yeah, and Mandalorian, Mandalorian, and like Baby Yoda, yeah. Yeah. and um, Pedro Pascal, yeah. and Shorts. Like, yeah. it's not like we had all of that happening. And I think that there is something really great and spectacular yeah. about that in itself. And I actually really enjoyed watching it. I was like, oh, this would have been fun in 1976. Yeah. For Even though it's for a distinct group of people, I think any moviegoer yeah. would actually That's have fair. fun with it. I should rewatch it then. You should. Yeah. Especially on the screen. It would be yeah, really yeah. interesting. Um, that being said, I find Annie Hall to be the stronger film mm. between the two. And it, because I did watch Star Wars and I wasn't saying I want more, but I was saying that with Annie Anyhow. Hall. I think there's something so approachable and relatable yeah. about that movie that you just don't get anywhere else. Like he does write really well. He he writes for sustainability yeah. and longevity. Yeah. And I don't ever think that's his intention. Like, I don't think he sits there. I was just going to say, yeah, <laughs> it just happens. It just happens. I don't think he sits there and be like, okay, well, this makes sense in like 10 yeah. years from now. Yeah. 10 years, they'll get this <laughs> yeah. joke, yeah. Maybe he might say that, but like, I think it would be more a part of his neurology yeah, yeah, yeah. than anything yeah. else. But like, I don't think he's like losing sleep over no. it. And there's something really brilliant about that. And you don't get that in every filmmaker and every writer as yeah. well. Because that's the other thing. He doesn't just write these films. He directs them too. Yeah. So they're really... He's putting all of his heart and passion into this art. Yeah. And he is a terrible person. But he is creating something that is really, really good. Yeah. And has standed the, the test of time. Yeah. Oh, words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And so when I'm comparing the two, I get why Annie Hall would win, yeah. just because it is, it's also a bit more approachable yeah. than Star Wars in itself. And I could see maybe Academy members being like, what's a Wookiee? Mm-hmm. And like, or what is this Chewbacca, Chewbacca character? Chewbacca character, yeah. And not quite understanding where it was going. But I, I, having watched it, will say, like, I do think it, for its time, it really is like a diamond in that time period. Yeah. Like, it was, like, pretty cool to watch. And yeah. I can only imagine at that time experiencing that what that feeling would have been That's like. That's true. Yes. Fair enough. But the feeling of Annie Hall still works in 2023. And like, I think that just says everything about yeah. it. And you won't get any rom-com like this after, and we probably shouldn't. No. Like, I think we just... Need Not that it this. needs to be exact, but at least makes you feel the way Annie yeah. Hall does. That's what so needs to be replicated. Enjoy. I was like not nervous or scared. I was more just like, oh, upset with myself that I'm breaking a rule. Yeah. But the second it came on and like when you see him in that house yeah, underneath yeah, yeah. the roller coaster, I was like, oh, okay, now like this is, yeah. this is a good time. It's yeah. going to be a good time. And like the other thing I think he's really great at is, is his movies aren't that long. No. He, know, he knows, knows when to, yeah. he knows how and when to tell a story. Yeah. And he does it really well. Yeah. And so I, too, am giving it four stars. Reluctantly. Yeah. And um, it's not reluctant because I I can separate the yeah, art yeah. From, from the, the artist. artist. yeah. I think the art, it stands on its own. It just sucks so much that the artist is a shithead. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I get that. Yeah. I agree. But now, Mita, yes. you don't have to watch any more Woody Allen for now. I might. <laughs> yeah because it does make you yeah that's the other problem it's there are few people that can make you feel something like that yeah i wouldn't say he's one of my favorite directors no but i will say that there's no one like woody allen yeah that's the thing and when i'm in the mood for woody allen no one else will do he's no david fincher he's no denny no but he's woody allen yeah. speaking of denny mm. yeah it's game time <laughs> So, Mita, last week you had me connect mm-hmm. in Bruges. In Bruges, mm-hmm. two prisoners. Yes, I love prisoners, and I think Denis Villeneuve is a decent filmmaker. Yeah, let's hope he's not a terrible. Person. Oh my God! Don't say it. I don't even want to put it on the world. So today, I think you'll be able to do this. Okay. I would like you to connect. There's one very easy way to do this. Okay. But you're sick, and you might not think of it. Okay. <laughs> I'd like you to connect prisoners. Uh-huh. To Parasite. Okay. You know how to do it? Yeah. Okay, go. <laughs> um, Prisoner stars Jake Gyllenhaal, okay. who's in Oksha, which was directed by Bung Chong Ho, who directed yeah, Parasite. I wasn't sure if you would remember that, but there you go, you did. That so. is so funny, because we I was literally talking about Oksha in my one-on-one with my boss. Oh, yeah. that's definitely why that came <laughs> so out. It was, no, I would have gotten there, because like, I know. Yeah. But, like, well, Paul yeah. Dana is actually also in Oksha. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would have worked. There you go. So next week, I got to connect Parasite to something. We'll see what that's like. I'll make it not too difficult. But that's next week when we watch what, Mita? Next week, we are watching The Deer Hunter. Yeah. I know nothing about Deer Hunter, except that there's an extremely long wedding sequence and Meryl Streep is in it. Yes, I know about Meryl and her ex-boyfriend or ex-lover. Yeah. Who's dead. Yeah. And um, that is three hours long. <laughs> I also know that it is three hours long. That is one of the things I know about Dear Hunter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, Don't look it up. <laughs> I'm not looking it up. I'm going to try to watch it fresh. Okay. But that's next week. Yeah. Mita. Parting words. La-di-da. La-di-da. <laughs> La-di-da. 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 La-di-da
Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and rate and review. And we will see you next week for the Deer, deer Hunter. Hunter. Not Deer the Deer Hunter. Oh. Okay. We'll let you know how those three hours go. Yeah. Have a good week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our letterbox at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.